Hello, this is Patrick Duffy, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. I'm probably more than beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hello and welcome, and you have stumbled on episode 672 of On Screen and Beyond, the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have Bobby Ewing himself, Patrick Duffy is joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, and we are going to be talking with him about, uh, you know, Dallas, maybe? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, that was the biggest show he was in. And also, uh, the man from Atlantis, Step by Step. Uh, and he is going to be at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California, with Linda Pearl doing a play called Love Letters on Saturday, February 10th. So, Get your tickets for that if you're in that area because it's going to be a great show. Patrick Duffy and Linda Pearl in Love Letters right there on stage live, and it's going to be a great time. So uh, we're going to have Patrick here joining us. And, of course, like I said, we're going to talk Dallas. And we got all kinds of stuff coming your way, a lot of great stuff as far as upcoming new movies and sequels and prequels and all that. So uh, also want to remind you that uh, if you have a chance, please follow us like us and do all that stuff you know on the social media also wherever you're getting your podcast follow us or subscribe or whatever they call it because they call it different things it's free it doesn't take anything you know doesn't cost anything all you do is immediately get the show as soon as we release it so uh, and we've been doing a little juggling here usually we're on sundays coming your way but uh, we've had some uh, shows that uh, movies and tv shows and things like that that are coming out by a certain date so we've Bumped up, uh, you know, to we had a couple last week. We had two and uh, two shows, three shows actually. We had one on Sunday and then we had one uh, Thursday and Friday, I think it was something like that. Anyways, <laughs> they're just all rolling into one here. And uh, so we're bumping this one earlier. There won't be one on Sunday. It's coming out now with Patrick Duffy. So a lot of, lot of changes. So the best way to get the show immediately, like I say, is to subscribe or follow or whatever it is. Uh, you know, they've changed the names. Apple used to call it subscribe. They call it follow or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I don't keep up with that because I had enough going on. But uh, if you do that, that would uh, be the best way to get the show immediately. And uh, also, if you could leave us a five-star review, that'd be great. We would love that to get more people to listen to On Screen and Beyond. And uh, the contest that I was talking about, uh, what, two, three shows ago, uh, where we're going to have a crossword puzzle and you can answer questions by, uh, you know, just going back and listening to On Screen and Beyond podcasts that we've had in the past. And, um, you know, I'll even tell you what episode it was in to where you can get the answers and things like that. But uh, I, I'm still working how to make that downloadable. OK, so as soon as I get that taken care of, I will get it up there. 
it's basically doing a crossword puzzle. Then you got to get back, get it back to me, and we'll have uh, the email that you'll send it to. And uh, like I say, you can take a picture of it, you can upload it, whatever you know, attach it on your email, and uh, you'll have a chance to win some on-screen or beyond uh, merchandise. So uh, that's coming very shortly. I'll have more information on that as soon as we get things, uh, the technical things taken care of. Because like I say, the questions are all there. And uh, I've got, uh, you know, everything ready to go, but uh, just got to make sure that you can download it because otherwise than that, it's just going to be on your phone or on your, uh, you know, uh, computer and it's going to be so small you won't even be able to see what it is. So anyways, we'll figure that out and get it out there as fast as we can. So I uh, hope you'll keep listening, keep checking on screenbeyond.com and uh, also go to your favorite podcast provider. We'll uh, have all that information there. So anyways, why don't we uh, get things rolling here and get into episode 672 with Patrick Duffy. He's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, but it's time now for Remake, Sequels, and Prequels. Remake, Sequels, and Prequels. Well, a reboot of Jurassic World is in the works with the original writer of Jurassic Park writing the film. And Gillian Anderson has joined the cast of Tron Ares, and it will be the third film in the franchise. Antoine Facquar will direct the film Michael, telling the story of the life of Michael Jackson from childhood to his rise of fame. And the return of the Brat Pack will happen in a documentary on Hulu called Brats. And now Andrew McCarthy... Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, and a whole bunch of others will be appearing in that film. And that's it for remake, sequels, and prequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Michael Keaton and Mila Kunis will star in a comedy called Goodrich. Nicole Kidman will star in Mice, that's dealing with right and wrong, bullying and violence. And Gabriel LaBelle of the Fablemans will play Lauren Michaels in SNL 1975. This is a Jason Reitman film about the origins of uh, Saturday Night Live. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Movies and TV on DVD and streaming, Ferrari with Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz races into Blu-ray World and DVD on March 12th. February 13th, The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, Season 1, drags on to Blu-ray and DVD. Wonka goes 4K, Blu-ray and DVD on February 27th. March 12th, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, swims onto Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K, and Wish from Disney arrives on Blu-ray and DVD on March 12th also. And that is it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi, I'm Loretta Swit, and I'm on On Screen and Beyond. TV and entertainment time. Well, uh, it looks like right now the Harry Potter TV series is expected to premiere on Max in 2025, 2026. That's what they're telling us right now. It's, you know, up in the air, but uh, probably 2025 or 26. And season 11 of When Calls the Heart will premiere on Hallmark in April. And sadly, actor Gary Graham, known for his roles on the TV show Alien Nation and also on Star Trek, has passed away at the age of 73. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to sit down and talk with Patrick Duffy, Bobby Ewing from Dallas, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is on The Bold and the Beautiful. We've seen him on NCIS, Station 19, the second incarnation of Dallas, Family Guy, Step by Step, and as Bobby Ewing on the original Dallas, and he has even been the man from Atlantis. He also is currently dipping his hands in dough, and not the Ewing oil dough, but Duffy's dough his sourdough business, and on February 10th, he will be performing the play Love Letters at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California with Linda Pearl. It's Patrick Duffy. Patrick, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh my God, I didn't realize I was that old. <laughs> my God, the only thing you left out was my junior high school play he tried with his boots on, and that was it. <laughs> my God, you remembered everything. Well, oh, oh no, I can't say we get everything, because, I mean, I'm looking at your list of things that you have done over the years, and it's like, this is incredible. I imagine there's actors out there who you know, would love to have one hit show, yeah, but you've no, done been multiples, and <laughs> they would so love that. So fortunate! It's so fortunate. It's it, and it is fortune because I have so many extremely talented friends who haven't yet done that. One of them was Bob Urich, you mm, know, and yeah. and he and I would meet often at different events, and we became not best buddies, but good friends mm-hmm. when we would see each other. And he, I think, set the record for the most 
being the star of the most television shows ever. In other words, he had more TV shows on the air wow. uh, at, at any given time. And, and I think it probably still holds up. But one day at one event, I, did, I, I had just read that. And I said to him, I said, my God, Bob, you're the luckiest, most talented man in our business. You've had more shows on the air. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, but you hit one out of the park. <laughs> and, and I realized, oh, yeah, we're both fortunate, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's true. You know, and, and I'm, I wake up grateful literally every morning. Um, uh, my dear friend, my dearest friend, Linda Gray, um, we have this conversation all the time about how lucky, how fortunate we are to have been in this business and hit one of those shows mm. like Dallas and then followed by seven years on step. But yeah. I mean, that's a rarity. You know, if you look at, uh, there's almost no show that's been on for seven or eight years anymore. They just, they flash out too yep. soon. So yeah. I was born at the right time. I would enter the business at the right time. And, you know, thank you everybody. I got on the right show at the right time. So um, I'm, very grateful and thank you for bringing all of them up very well done (laughs) does it seem like it was that long ago that the original dallas came out no it doesn't uh and until i look in the mirror when i'm shaving and then it's blatantly obvious to me that it's been that long but it seems uh you know and i think you know it's because of uh, who we were we were basically a cast of unknowns uh, Jim Davis and Barbara Bel Geddes were the two most well-known actors in the, mm. in the show. Uh, Hagman's I Dream of Jeannie was off the air for almost 20 years by the time he started Dallas. Um, I came from a show that failed after a season and a half. So but here we were just forming relationships based on who we were. And they were such a cement in our group of actors when we were on the set that to this day and to the day that every one of them that has since passed passed um we were a family mama was mama jim davis was daddy and it was you know haggy and myself and kenny kerserville and steve canaley and and the, the list goes on and on and linda and and you know we're still tight and it was because of that form that the show took in the very beginning a bunch of unknowns Grateful to have a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, since you've started talking about that, we'll talk about this first, and then we'll get into love letters and Duffy's Dough and everything okay, else. Okay, sure. But, but what was it like, you know, like you say, Barbara Bell Geddes, uh, Howard Keel, Jim Davis, uh, these were, you know, very big actors at that time. Huge. Uh, Huge. Were, were you, you know, in awe of working with these people? Uh, you know, I was new enough that I wasn't in awe of working with them, but I was in awe of watching them work. Mm-hmm. And it was a different kind of thing. I, I, I wasn't um, fanboy in the sense of, oh, my God, it's Barbara Belgettis. But I would watch her and Jim, and they did more by doing less than anybody I'd ever seen. And, it, and I realized it came with that uh, pedigree of you know, being in their business, which was the film business, Howard Keel, huge musical star mm-hmm. in films. Barbara, you know, the queen of Broadway and then also of films. Uh, Jim Davis. I grew up watching Jim Davis on every Western I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so all of these people, uh, I would just stare at them as they worked. That's what I was in awe of. And then because they were all potty mouths, you know, they were all, <laughs> you know, let's go have a drink afterwards and all of that kind of stuff. But boy, when the camera rolled 
what came out of them instinctually. I don't, and, and I never saw any of them work too hard at acting. But what came out of them on a scene by scene basis was a, a you know a tutorial in how to do your work, and not only that, then how they were on the set with people, how they treated people. There wasn't one of them that felt. Uh, or exhibited any sort of here I am a, a motion picture star doing television. They were just working their damnedest every single minute. Uh, I forget. I think it was Howard Kiel. You know, at one point said the secret to success. And I said, "What is it, Howard?" He said, "Always hang up your clothes." <laughs> and uh, and I got what he meant. He meant that even you know when you're done with a day's work and you just want to get home. Once you leave the set in your dressing room, then the costumers come in. They're still working. He said, you hang up your own clothes. It makes their life easier. That's the most important part. And, you know, I, I got it. Yeah. That, that they live their life as an example, uh, you know, of being a good person. Yeah. So, you know, what a lesson it was. Uh, you know, and even, you know, guest stars on, on shows like Man from Atlantis, Neville Brand was on. And I'd, I'd seen him in so many movies and then in laramie and and uh, you know it was just here this guy is just hunkering down doing his job and he was somebody i'd i'd seen my whole adolescent life mm -hmm. um it's, it's the great thing about our business to be quite honest yeah. um you you know whether you're on stage or whether you're in front of the camera uh it's it, it's the great equalizer let's yeah. put it that way yeah now you know, I, I i'm not looking for dirt or anything like that but i oh i'll give you yeah. dirt what do you want to know? <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Uh, but you know, you you say Barbara and and uh, Jim and Howard, you know, were, were yeah. great. Did you ever run across any actors? And I don't want any names, <laughs> but but um, that you know they were you know I'm so and so and you know that type of thing. You know that they thought they were the biggest thing in the world, and and it sort of was the complete opposite of them. Yeah. Uh, I can honestly say, and, you know, I'm not afraid of lightning coming through the ceiling here. I can honestly say no. Now, I've worked with people who had their demons, who had, you know, things in their lives that caused them to behave a certain way. Mm -hmm. But none of them used their career status as as the weapon to do that. They were, they were more, I, I would say, wounded. And so dealing with that, mm -hmm. which caused behavior abnormalities, but nobody that I've worked with has, has had that lording over it because of who they were. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just a fortunate because I know those people are out there. Yeah. I've heard stories of those people, um, but I've been very fortunate as I have been in the shows I've been on, but also the people I've worked with. And I can honestly say I have never had a bad day on the set. Wow. Ever. And you've had a lot of on-set days. <laughs> I've had a lot of days on set, you know, which is, again, not to say there haven't been troubling times when an actor, you know, has a terrible home life or something. Right. Oh, but, yeah. it's, it, but it doesn't bring, it doesn't crush, it's almost like it's a safe zone for people. And so, you know, you give them the latitude to work their problems out and you go home happy. Yeah. Huh. And yep. you, you mentioned Linda Gray. Uh, Linda yep. has actually been a guest here on my show. Uh, oh, well, then you've got the best. Yeah, she, was, the best. she was wonderful. And also uh, Cherie J. Wilson, who was April right. Stevens on Dallas. Uh, she was on the show. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately for her, you know, she married Bobby Ewing and got machine gunned in Paris. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! With all the different things that went on, I mean, you know, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't as I wouldn't say it was as as complicated and complex as a soap opera, a day a daytime soap opera. But there were a lot of things that happened on that on Dallas. <laughs> oh, we you know, and that's the interesting thing. Um, I think the show ended at the right time after the first thirteen years because we had done everything, and it was starting to get. Not tiring, but the the concept was getting tired, and they couldn't come up with new things, and 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 it just it, we all looked at each other, going, you know, this is probably the right time to pull the plug, and it was the right time, and then it was right to wait, you know, almost twenty years before the reboot, uh, because it was fresh minds working on the on the on the plot lines, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it got a whole new rejuvenation. And I think would have, the, the reboot would have lasted longer if the, uh, if the, uh, the powers that be at TNT had remained in place. We lost our, our, the president of TNT, Michael Wright, who was the real promoter of, of the Dallas reboot. Yeah. And he went on to other things and, and uh, you know, new people want to make their mark. So they, they scrapped a lot of shows. Yeah, and, and we could have, um, you know, longer, maybe two more years, something like that, because it, it was a different era. But you know, every time that something like that's happened, something better has come along. Yeah. So I just roll with it. Yeah. Did you plan on leaving the show when they 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 you know the whole you died and then yeah the season? absolutely I did yeah yeah and what made yeah. you decide to come back? Well, first of all, I, I left for what I thought was all the right reasons, and. Uh, and I think they were, but A, they didn't turn out the way that I anticipated, and B, as, as you know just by what I said before, I was no longer working with the best group of people I had ever been with, mm. on or off camera. I was lonely. I wanted to come back to work, and uh, they wanted me back. Hagman wanted me back. He was the one who basically set the tone, said, you know, he's got to come back. It's not the same. And basically, he didn't mean the, the plots weren't the same. He said, he, he literally told me, he said, I'm not having fun anymore. Yeah. And if I'm not having fun, I'm not happy. And I need Patrick back. And so, you know, everything worked out. And, I, and we went five more years after my yeah. return. But I had left, you know, again, I'm, I make fun of it. I, I, I'm the worst business person in the world, which is, you know, why I'm always better if I'm taken care of. Um, but... I, you know, leaving the show, I, 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 I thought, okay, if ever I'm going to like strike out on my own again, I should leave at the height of where I was. And so I left. It didn't work out. But when I came back, um, the, the atmosphere around what I thought was my career had changed for the better. Um, that, it, you know, Larry and I, because of the return of Bobby, the shows tended, not always, but tended to then center around what are the dynamics of the good boy, the bad boy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it was refreshing for me to be back on the show. Uh, and so, you know, it ended up being a good decision, but not because I made it, but because the universe took care of me after I made it. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So how did you feel about the whole, you know, Bobby returning from the dead because of a dream season and all that stuff? Was that the, you know, how, how, how did you feel about it? Well, it was interesting because, um, as briefly as I can tell you this, I'm, I came home one day, this tells you how long ago it was, before cell phones, uh, and there was a, a, a message light blinking on the answer machine. And I turned it on, and it was Hagman. And he said, 
Patrick, I want you to come out to Malibu. Let's get drunk, take a jacuzzi. I want to talk to you. <laughs> that was what the message was. And I hung it up and I turned to my wife and I said, they're going to ask me to come back on the show. And her immediate response was, well, you can't go back on that show unless that last season was just a dream. Hmm. That was her initial response. Now, that's not where they got the idea. My, my dear friend and mentor, Leonard Katzman, um, came up with it, the ideal simultaneously, the idea. But um, when, I, when I had the discussion, A, with my wife and B, with Leonard, they both said, that's the only way to get out of the trouble we're in. Is, and it's been used throughout history, culturally, you know, from, from you know, Shakespeare used it about 20 times. Um, Lewis Carroll used it with, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Um, you know, people are always waking up from dreams and going, oh, my God. And so, so they just decided to cash in on it. And I think it was the only way to go back to the Dallas that I had left. Mm-hmm. As opposed to that year that I was off, and 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 you know, in full disclosure, Leonard Katzman, real heart and soul of Dallas as a producer and writer, had left the same year I did, and so it wasn't as I said with um, uh, the reboot of Dallas and and Michael Wright, new people were in charge and decided to take the show in a slightly different place, uh, and we ended up going right back to what the audience really wanted. And we got, like as I said, five more years out of it because of that. So the dream was the only way to do it. Now, we filmed, I think, three different uh, and, uh, resolutions to it. One where I, I'm in a hospital and they take bandages off my face and I look in the mirror and said, oh, that's great. I look just like him. <laughs> uh, yeah. And another one where I was just uh, some evil twin person or something coming back and this will shock them and that kind of thing. And then the one that we used, which was basically an Irish spring soap commercial mm-hmm. that I filmed. <laughs> yeah. And, and literally we, because, you know, we didn't want anybody in the world to know how I was coming back. Um, we went to a commercial filming uh, company in Los Angeles that, that whole shower scene was not filmed on the Dallas set with a Dallas crew or any Dallas actors or anyone. Just Leonard Katzman, myself, and Leonard Katzman's nephew, who was the production manager. So we took a case of Irish Spring soap. We got a shower built to match the shower that was used on the set. And all day long, we filmed an Irish Spring soap commercial huh. just to get me turning around and saying good morning. Just that. That's wow. all we needed. But we had to do a, a legitimate attempt at a commercial so even the commercial people wouldn't smell a rat and wow. give it away. So, yeah, it was great fun. It was like, you know, spies. Right, yeah, like espionage. Mission Impossible, you know? <laughs> wow, I didn't know there was so much, you know, intrigue with the television oh show. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. There was a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, but it has become basically a classic because, you know, even Newhart did a— Oh, that's— a- he did it. He yeah. absolutely did it because of Dallas. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, so it's yeah. funny how that all works out like that. It's uh, yeah. just, just amazing. So now, it's nice to have an iconic moment. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. That's, yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hi, I'm Linda Gray on On Screen and Beyond. So, working with Larry Hagman, Linda Gray, and Victoria Principal, uh, yeah. you, you guys had so much chemistry. And like you say, you know, Larry's the, the, the evil bad guy, and without you being the good guy, it, it just seemed to start going downhill. But when you came back, it was like, bam, it's here, it's back. Yeah, it was rejuvenated, and, and he delighted in playing the bad guy to me as the good guy. He, he felt that was where the real drama was, the inter-family mm-hmm. intrigue, as opposed to him being a bad guy to another business person. He just like, oh, that's just business. But when you can, you, you can be the most despicable enemy, and then you will uh, defend your brother to the, you know, to the death. Yeah. So that, the dynamics of that relationship, in my opinion, is what made the show what it was. Yeah. And when I first saw the show, you know, seeing Larry being the evil guy and and being so used to remembering him from oh, no, I dream of genie, I dream yeah. of genie you know he was the nice guy you know so well, but he also he always played jr with a twinkle in his eye mm-hmm. yes you know he always had that which is why you know people love to hate him as opposed to just hate him exactly he, he had fun with that part like nobody's business mhm yeah wow now, when you returned for the new Dallas show, uh, yeah. how did it feel? Uh, did you feel oh like, you know, I'm back home, or, or was it different because not everybody else was there? Well, not everybody was there, but what you said first was absolutely true. It was being back home. The very first scene that we shot as a, as a cast member, Larry and Linda and myself, was at South Fork Ranch. And to, you know, to have the... the trucks and the crew and the machinery to make his tv show all there essentially exactly the way it was 20 years prior and here we were stepping out of our transportation to report to the set and it was as close to tears in the eyes as i think the three of us ever got wow uh, about it and hagman of course by then was well he was 79 then but you know he would just say can you believe how lucky we are at our age to have this be what we can continue to do. And, you know, Linda and I were absolutely pal. Mm. And we wouldn't have done it if the other two had not been uh, committed. Uh, when they when they uh, sent the scripts to us as a, will you do this reboot of Dallas? You know, we re- each read the script. I was in Oregon. Linda was in Canyon Country. And uh, God knows who, where Haggy was. But we got the scripts at the same time. And within an hour, we were on the phone with each other. They're saying, I'm in if you're in, because this is the best Dallas script we've had in 20 years. And we were we were given a lot of options to reboot the show over the years. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Cynthia Sidro was the writer and co-exec producer on the new Dallas. And she got it. She just understood all of the characters, what the dynamic was. And she wrote to it. And we just said, we're in, mm-hmm. you know, Gee. no matter what. Yeah. Huh. Now, the Man from Atlantis. Uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed that show. I mean, I know it didn't last long, but I, I enjoyed it. Was that your first, what you would call your first major starring role? Absolutely, it was. I, I had done a, a, a very small part on a PBS show with the great Julie Harris called The Last of Mrs. Lincoln. And I, I played her nephew, uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. And that was the only time literally that I had any experience on a television stage. I had done a, a, a one-line walk-on on a heart, not heart-to-heart, uh, 
uh, Robert Wagner uh, switch. There we go. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Line. He ate a lot of shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was on, I, I'd done a one line walk on, on switch and then this thing with Barbara and uh, you know, then no work for the longest time. So I was back to being a carpenter and I was rebuilding a, a boat in long beach, California. And on my off times going back for the first meeting on Atlantis and then a call back on for a meeting and then the meeting with the producers and then uh, on and on and on. And I went from building a boat to starring in my own television show. Jeez. One day I was building the boat. The next day I was reporting to his work. Huh. Um, so it, it was, and I loved the show. I thought it was a, it was a great experience. Belinda Montgomery became an instant best friend to me. Um, and, and then we did four movies first. We did four TV movies, which I thought were the best part of the, the Atlantis experience because they were more science fiction. They were more Star Trek. Mm. And when we did the, when it went to one hour episodes, Star Trek became Batman. Uh, and it just yeah. got a little, you know, a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Um, and so when it was canceled, I wasn't hurt by the cancelization i just thought will i ever work again was what every actor thinks mm -hmm. and um interestingly enough doing love letters with my my sweetheart linda is that after atlantis was canceled i was given several scripts as any actor is when they leave a, a show of possibilities for the future and one of them was to play linda's husband in young pioneers really wow yeah and another one was to play the dad figure in lassie uh, mm. and I, and then there was one more and then there was this, this five part miniseries called Dallas. And the only reason I took Dallas is it was the equivalent of five episodes as opposed to one. And I, I ended up not working with Linda, uh, and going to Dallas and the rest is, you know, television history. Right. But then yeah. here, Linda and I are 50 years later, uh, in love, living together, and performing together often. We've done uh, TV movies together. We've done plays together. We've been on tour for seven months in England together. And uh, we've done love letters, and we love doing love letters together. It just, it, we can bring what, uh, you know, a, a real relationship is in all its manifestations uh, to that particular project, which is perfectly written. It's absolutely... It's astonishing how perfect Love Letters is as a crafted piece of, of drama. And it never fails to hit a home run with an audience. And, and the proof of that is it can be done by the, the widest variety of people and relationships. And it always is, uh, is true to its quest, which is to really show that true definition of what love is. And, and it, it was, and we're just thrilled to be able to do it whenever we can. We've done it in Ireland, um, we've done it in England, and now we get a chance to do it the other night. Yeah, so, Arinda, yeah. yeah. It, and it, it, it's sort of, uh, I mean, not exactly, but it sort of is like your life, you know, 50 it years is. later, you know, that you're. You're together. <laughs> yeah, we're together. But I'm not, we're not going to give away any secrets, but at least no one dies in our relationship. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. But it is true because, you know, it, it is a travelogue of a relationship, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and ours is too. And, and we recognize that. Uh, we, we relive it in, in telling people 
because uh, you know there were it was a gap of 20 years almost on a regular basis 20 years after turning down young pioneers um we met uh, at a at a play reading of a mutual friend of ours uh, with julie harris who we had both worked with before 20 years after that uh, I met her again in England where I was doing a play with Richard Thomas from the Waltons and Linda came to the show to see Richard because they're good friends. Uh, and literally again, it was just, Oh, hi, how are you? And they went off to dinner 20 years after that, here we are. Yeah. So it's, it's remarkable yeah. that, you know, it took us that long to figure out that we needed to be together. Hmm. Wow, that's that, that's really something. And, and and this play, Love Letters, being so close on February 10th, Saturday, February 10th, uh, you'll be performing at the Arinda Theater, um, is, uh, you know, so close to Valentine's Day. It's the perfect show to go see. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's a love gift. Yeah, just um, take people that you're in love with and go see Love Letters, yeah. you, you know. Did, have you know, and be prepared. Have a, have a bottle of champagne chilling, because when you get home, you're going to want to celebrate. <laughs> Will they need need tissues or anything? <laughs> oh yeah, listen, I need tissues when I'm doing it. I'm fighting it every single performance. It just affects me so deeply. Really? That, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, and, and I'm sure with all your training that that you can do that. You can hold back, but it. it I don't know. I just oh, not always. I don't always accept. Listen, I cry at commercials on television. I'm a, I'm an easy I'm an easy mark. I'm a totally easy mark. Yeah. Wow. Now, have you ever been to Arinda? No, I have not. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, very much so. No, I think Linda has, or it's been up there anyway. But I'm I've interestingly enough, I think I've been to San Francisco one time in my life. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. Strange that I just was never there for any reason. Uh, and and I've always, uh, you know, been either too far north or too far south. And I just never have gone, oh, I should go to San Francisco for the weekend or something. It was never, yeah. never part of that, you yeah. know. But if you, like, if you like old theaters, you know, oh. the architecture and everything, you're, you're going to love the Arinda Theater. It's just incredible. Well, I do, and and Linda does. Uh, that was part of the absolute joy of doing the seven month tour in England, um, because every theater we worked in was a you know a hundred years, hundred and fifty year old grand opera house from the era. Wow! And it was just oh my god, we'd go into every because we did a separate theater every week, and we would get to the new town and we'd drop our bags at wherever we were staying, and we'd report to the theater for the the put in. And walk out on those stages and realize, you know, Ethel Barrymore had been there, Barishnikov had danced there, Nijinsky had danced there, uh, every great opera singer had been there. You go in the dressing rooms and it's signed by all of the great actors, especially of the UK, you know, mm-hmm. from, from the ones that you would remember, like an Olivier and a Gilgood. Right. But even beyond that, much before that. You know, wow. the, the Garricks and the people like that. So um, it, it's it's humbling in that sense. Yeah. And, you know, to, to say, oh, God, I'm standing right where that was done. Yeah. So, you the know. The history of, of that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, Patrick, uh, I won't hold you up too much longer here. I'd just like to get into a couple other more things here. Sure. Um, you go. Duffy's Dough. Okay. How did you decide to get into this business? Well, here, the, the, when I told you I'm a terrible businessman <laughs> and that I rely on being taken care of. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the one thing I'm fairly good at is I'm a pretty good baker. 
of of my own stuff. So this sourdough starter had been in my family since 1952. Uh, I had no interest in it until I had graduated from college and was out on my own. My parents had kept that original starter alive and thriving. You know, my sister then took it over. And then eventually she gave me a starter and I started playing with it. So I baked with it, you know, baked uh, dinner rolls, cinnamon rolls, pancakes, you know, fruit tarts, that kind of stuff. Well, cut all the way to three and a half years ago. Here I'm now in love with this incredible woman, Linda, and I'm trying my best to impress her. So I pull out the old starter. And I I start baking. And then one night, and, and she likes to say, I think a little wine might have been involved. But <laughs> I just before, you know, finishing off the second bottle myself, um, I just said, boy, you know, I, I, should, I should somehow merchandise this. This would make a great business, Duffy's, you know, sourdough starter. And then I went to sleep. And it almost was as if I woke up and here was the business already thriving. She took it and ran with it uh, uh, beyond what I could have even imagined. I mean, she designed everything. She, uh, you know, she was the educator. We were on tour in the UK. And at the same time, she was designing the, the box tops, the logo, the picture of me that would go on each thing. She was, uh, you know, interfacing with lawyers and patent attorneys and, you know, business people and learning how to literally all I did was suggest this would make a good business. <laughs> and then that's where we are. It wow. is now a business. And she is also the person who is essentially runs the business. I'm, I'm, I'm not, that doesn't thrill me. And mm. she, she's very excited about that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she, she's the one who follows all the mail ordering and the, the, you know, the contents of the product and, getting it from the, you know, from China or from all these different places that we have to find stuff, um, ordering the boxes, ordering the, you know, starting with FedEx or getting that set up, everything she was hands-on. She's the one who, you know, orchestrated it all. Yeah, wow. So, you know, yeah. it, that, that's how that came about. Now what we have is a wonderful, you know, it's, I would say we're a mom and pop business mm -hmm. because it, it still is all us. Um, you know, I do all the, the, the sourdough starter itself, um, but she's the, the business sense behind it. But it's, you know, it, it's a few hundred here, a few hundred there. But and I know she's probably told you this, but uh, that, you know, all of our net profits, you know, once we've paid for the flour and the sugar and the spatula and the rolling pin, yeah. um, all 100 percent of the net profits are going to food based charities. So uh, that's, that's what we want to do. Uh, you know, we, we, we were inspired by Paul Newman and Newman's own. Yeah. Um, and we decided, you know, we're not doing this business to add income to ourselves. But as you pointed out at the very beginning of the show, we've had an enormously fortunate career. And we're, we're the benefit of that career and the life we're able to lead and what we're able to do. So it's time now to pay back. It's it's time now to, you know, to hopefully be remembered more than, uh, you know, the shower scene, but maybe for, you know, if this business continues to grow and take off that, you know, to be known to, you know, give $10,000 to no kid hungry or, you know, $5,000 to, you know, non-bio, you know, farming and all of this kind of thing that we can do to actually help.
And then, you know, you know, and if the business continues on, even after we're gone, um, somebody else takes it over, that template will be in place and and that'll be the legacy. And that's why we decided to start it. Yeah. Well, well, Patrick, you, you, you sound like Bobby Ewing and the nice guy or Bobby Ewing (laughs) is modeled after you. You, you're just a nice guy. (laughs) Well, uh, well, you know, I've, I've been, again, fortunate to always have been cast in similar roles um, but, uh, you know, and I've, I've enjoyed that. I've actually, I think it's better for me, um, to play to my strengths, uh, you know, and, and I've, I've enjoyed always, you know, being the, the good guy, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm now involved in a new television show as well on the BET, uh, called family business. I just finished a yes. season with them. Um, and it's as close as I've come to being, uh, you know, the, uh, the the um the not as good guy person mm-hmm. yeah yeah so huh. but but again it's it's against type and and I know that ninety percent of my jobs until the day I die will be playing good guys yeah which I like I like having people come up to me on the street and tell me they love me instead of trying to hit me with their pocketbook <laughs> you know I've I've heard a lot of actors tell me that that people can't separate the evil person that they play on TV and what they're really oh, like. <laughs> Hagman had that his entire time of Dallas and afterwards wow. where women, women would say you rascal, <laughs> which just showed that they actually liked him, but then they'd swing their pot, their purse, they'd hit him with a purse. Jeez. And he said, he gets a little tired of it. You know, <laughs> all I get is them coming up and saying, I wish my daughter could marry someone like you, you know? So I'll take that. Have you ever wished that you could play one role that you were just the the epitome of evil, just just to try a different, you know, the real big different role for you? Sure. You know, and and thank goodness we're in a profession that those things do come up every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, I would have nothing against it. It's not like I'm I'm protecting an image uh, because I'm certainly not. So, yeah, if something came up and it was the right thing and the BET show called Family Business uh, comes close to that, mm-hmm. uh, comes close to being that kind of part. Yeah. Uh, and it's, inter- it's entertaining to me. It, it's interesting. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to come and do Love Letters, which is the ultimate good guy again. Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah. that's that's I think that's where my heart really lies. Mm-hmm. And I'm not seeking out, uh, you know, to be the next Iago. Yeah, it's it's not what my campaign for my career is all about. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, in Step by Step, you were the nice guy, too. Yeah, Step by Step. Man from Atlantis, I was the superhero. Dallas, I was the conventional hero. And Step by Step, I was the bumbling husband hero. Yeah. So, but always, always with the, you know, trying to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Patrick, I just want to finish up with one final question. Sure. Uh, But before we do that, I strongly want to let people know that they should really go out and see on Saturday, February 10th at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California, go see the play Love Letters with Patrick Duffy and Linda Pearl. The two of them on stage alone. Does it ever get, you know, tense having just two people? I mean, it's it's the two of you on stage. Yeah, no, it's, it's a dream come true. First of all, the same thing I told you earlier about watching Barbara Bill Geddes and somebody like that, watching Linda work whenever we've worked together um, is 
again, a tutorial on how to do your craft. Yeah. On, on how to be the best every time. We did 150, 60 epi- shows of the play we toured, and every single night, it was it was stunning to watch her work to wow. do the part. So, yeah. so you know, doing love letters is the same, except we never look at each other. So I have to just sort of soak it in on the uh, periphery. Yeah. Well, Patrick, final question is, when you sure. sit back and relax, what are your yeah. favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite oh. movies now and of the past? What do you enjoy okay. watching? Well, that's interesting. Um, um, I tend to be a, a bit of a retro. Uh, so uh, in terms of movies, um, I, we saw Oppenheimer, which we loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought it was a remarkable tour de force by everybody in that show in terms of film. Um, and then I tend to fall back into my old film favorites. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Western geek. Um, so I, I look at all my favorite, you know, John Ford's, uh, when they come up or tombstone, the, the Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Russell version, yeah. um, uh, Sam Peckinpah, uh, that kind of thing. When it comes to television, um, I got hooked and binged watched every breaking bad. Oh yeah. To, to the point that my eyes were bloodshot and I, I couldn't think for a day, but <laughs> I, I couldn't believe what, what to me was so intriguing about it was that it it was uh, taking liberties with what had become the standard way of doing television in the, in the way the shots were designed, in the way the actors worked. And I just thought that's that's the way I see true television craft being done. Hmm. So I did that. And then, of course, that segued into Better Call Saul. Um, So those things were great. Uh, And I know Linda has watched almost all of them and I'm, I'm still trying to catch up, but she loves Ted Lasso. Yes. And so I've learned to love that too. But that, you know, you get down the rabbit hole on some of these, we discovered a very obscure television show that was filmed in, in, in Canada. And it's, it's based in the Stratford theater concept of Canada. And it was called slings and arrows. And it was phenomenal. And we got hooked on it. We binged watch that. Um, so uh, those are the kind of things that that I tend to watch. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and for anybody thinking I don't binge watch or, or tune in on Dallas or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, I've seen enough and done enough of that. So <laughs> it really is other people's work I'm more interested in. Yeah, yeah. Well, Patrick, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time, and people definitely on Saturday, February 10th at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California, go see Love Letters with you and Linda Pearl, and it's going to be a great time. So thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure, and thank you for what you're doing for the play. And a big thank you going out to Patrick Duffy for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, Patrick's a great guy. He's so nice and uh, gave us so much information. And we really thank him a lot for taking the time to talk to us. And don't forget that uh, if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area, you hop on the BART and you go over to Orinda, Orinda, California. There's a stop right there on the BART. You get off, cross the highway. And then you just, you're, you're right there, really. You, you can see the theater, and you just walk over to it. And it's a beautiful theater. You're going to have a great time with Patrick Duffy and Linda Pearl doing 
on stage live love letters and that's going to be saturday february 10th at the orinda theater in orinda california so anyways uh be sure to check that out and uh, have a great time seeing love letters on stage with patrick duffy and linda pearl and uh we are going to have linda joining us too in uh, probably next week right here on on screen and beyond so uh, get ready for that and uh like I said earlier, if you have a chance, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond and get the word out. Let's get you know more and more people listening to On Screen and Beyond. And uh, also leave us a review uh, on the, your uh, wherever you have your podcast getting from, you know, wherever you get those from, uh, whether it's Apple or uh, Spotify or uh, Podbeam or uh, it, any of them. They're, they're, we're on just, as far as I know, we're on about everything. You know, <laughs> Things I haven't even put it on, it's on. So be sure to uh, you know go there and follow us, like us, share us, uh, whatever you do, and uh, get the word out about On Screen or Beyond. Like I, so I've always said, if you tell your friends about On Screen or Beyond, I'm sure they're going to find uh, probably more than one of these episodes that they would love to hear one of their favorite stars from the movie, TV, or music uh, world and uh, hear what they have to say. So uh, be sure to check it all out. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it very much. And if you want some merchandise with your on-screen and beyond, either your mugs or your shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, hats, what else to get? Uh, I don't know. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> Go to onscreenandbeyond.com. At the top of the page, you'll see uh, the uh, buttons that we have that'll get you to the reruns or to merchandise, On Screen and Beyond merchandise, and that'll take you to where you can order what you want, and uh, you can uh, proudly display your, uh, you know, the podcast that you enjoy listening to. So we appreciate that. And uh, like you say, I got my mug right here. I, got, I always have it. It's right here. I use it so much. I also got a glass, too, uh, one of those, uh, you know, I don't know if it's 12, 16-ounce, whatever, glass, you know, really nice-looking, sharp-looking beer glass or soda glass or whatever you use it for. And, uh, you know, they're they're pretty nice things, so uh, be sure to check it out. Also, my hats. I got my hat behind me. So, (laughs) anyways, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So, until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.